Good morning, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, April 10th, 2023, and we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Into Action on page 73, the third paragraph, beginning with psychologists are inclined to agree with us and reading through that one paragraph only. Today's readers are Mara Z, The Twelve Steps, Naomi GB, The Twelve Traditions, and our big book readers are Claire E in the text, Lulu L on page 164, and Kathy S is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Colleen M, and our second hour moderator is Matt JF, Pitch Hitting for Maria F. The share ID for Sunday, April 9th, 2023, is 20,139. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovered, recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Maura Z to read the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Morning, Rick. Maura Z, recovered in Virginia. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I Thank pass. you, Mara. I will now ask Naomi GB to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Naomi GB uh, recovered 
in Ontario, Canada. Uh, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for the opportunity to do service. I pass. Thank you, Naomi. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirements for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter into action on page 73, the third paragraph, beginning with psychologists are inclined to agree with us and reading through that one paragraph only. I will now ask Claire E. to begin reading. Thank you, Rick. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. Uh, psychologists are inclined to agree with us. We have spent thousands of dollars for examinations. We know but few instances where we have given these doctors a fair break. We have seldom told them the whole truth, nor have we followed their advice. Unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men, we were honest with no one else. Small wonder many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance for recovery. I was quite lost in that. The first thing I was um, thinking of um, 
as I read that, was the psychologist. You know, I um I remember being dispatched to see a psychologist when I was um, first in my like one of my very early treatments for anorexia and bulimia when I was in my teens, and I remember I remember they asked me to keep a diary, a food diary, and I remember literally writing this food diary on the train to go and see them because I hadn't kept it and you know sort of just absolutely making it up as I went along you know sort of and it really um reminds me if you look sort of in context of this page you know is, is, is this sort of image management you know this actor this this presenting to the world what I want people to see you know and, and so much of my life and I would even say with bulimia, a lot of bulimia was about presenting to the world, you know, this sort of window shopping, you know, this sort of window dressing. And what went on behind closed doors was very, very abnormal. I didn't want people to see that, you know, so so I hid it. So there's this constant feeling of being a complete fraud, you know, of, of, of just, as I said, making it up as I went along and this constant fear I was going to get found out, that people were going to challenge me. Um, and I remember my mum saying to me at one point that I was a compulsive liar. What came out of my mouth she said I have no idea whether what comes out of your mouth is the truth or not and I think as a speaker that said I really relate you know I lied when the truth would have served me better there was no reason to lie but I did it anyway and um and the next thing that came to me as I read the paragraph was was you know sponsors you know I could substitute the word sponsors I know but few instances where I've given my sponsors a fair break I have seldom told them the whole truth nor did I follow their advice and for years and years in a way I used to pick and choose what I told my sponsor it was a need-to-know basis anyway and I would pick and choose which bits of advice I followed um you know I, I wasn't willing to be honest I was um or I was willing to be honest, I would completely unbutton and absolutely sort of do this verbal bulimia of, of, of outing every last thing. And then from about two days onwards, pretend I was absolutely fine again, you know, um, and, and this sort of ongoing being real and being honest with people is something I've very much learned in the program. And, you know, part of this is, is about is about, you know, what it's talking about here is just step five. It's it's being real, being real about what actually really bothers me. Um, and, and to consistently being real to the same people over and over, even if it's embarrassing, even if it's not what I want to be sharing, even if it goes against my image management, I have to just let go of what other people think of me and be real and honest and authentic with people who can help me. And then I do need to actually listen and take their advice as well. You know, if I'm going to ask for help and I'm going to be given help, you know, it's like calling 911 and then keeping the door locked when the paramedics turn up. You know, I need to be able to do a take and accept the help that I've been given. Um, and then lastly, there's small wonder many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics as compulsive eaters. You know, and yes, the medical profession, I, I work in the medical profession. I hear it's a reminder. Thank you all the time about compulsive eaters. Um, and I would even say that, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, I'll pass with that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for getting us started, Claire. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Harlan G. Gotcha, Harlan. Libby. 
who was this? Sorry, uh, was it Lynn B? Lou, how are you? Lou B. What okay, are Lou. We, on? we are on page 73, the third paragraph, beginning with psychologists are inclined to agree with this. Okay, I've got Rachel some P. room for some. Rachel P, gotcha. Becca Bean from Mississippi. Ooh, I, I didn't quite get that one. Somebody from Mississippi and there was somebody else. Becca B. You're just from Mississippi. Okay, was that Becca B from Mississippi? Yes, sir. And then who was the other person right behind you? Judith here. F. Ju was it Judith? Yes. Judith S P? Yes. Thank you. I got you, Judith. And then there was somebody else that came in right on that. I thought. Here's Here, who I've got uh, so far. Oh, I'm so sorry. Who was that? Um, what was your name again? Sheer F. Sheer. How do you spell that? S H I R. F is in French. And is that? And is that S is in Sam? Yes. Okay. All right. I've got Harlan G, Lou B, Rachel P, Becca B, Judith S P, and Cher S. Um, and please include your state when you introduce yourself. Harlan G, you are up, my brother, followed Thanks, by Lou B. Rick. Go ahead, Harlan. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for your service this morning. I'm Harlan G. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. The truth and I are not intimate friends. We never really got a chance to know each other until the last few years. Uh, I was engaged in opinion management and uh, image management, as was so eloquently described uh, by Claire. But the bottom line is, is that I lied when the truth was better. I wouldn't know the truth if I saw it because I was afraid of the truth. I was scared to death of the truth. The truth was I was dead man walking. The truth was my addiction put me in hell. And I didn't want to address anything. I just wanted to stick my head in the sand. And I wanted to just be like an ostrich. Stick my head in the sand and hope that when I pull my head out, things will be better. And they never were. And I want to mention something this morning because it needs to be mentioned. It has nothing to do with this paragraph, so please excuse me. But it was 84 years ago today, April the 10th, 1939, that the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous was first printed. And the book that we study every day, the book entitled Alcoholics Anonymous, which is where the fellowship got its name from, has restored more alcoholics, gamblers, compulsive overeaters, drug addicts, sex addicts, love addicts, you name it, back to society than all other methods combined. That this book that we study every day has been the salvation of millions of people and millions more unborn and generations unthought of as we speak will be aided by this book. So I, for one, 
I'm going to bow my head today in thanks for this God-inspired publication that rolled off the press, first edition, first printing, on April the 10th, 1939, and the world will never be the same since that time. I'm very glad to be here this morning. Rick, thanks again for your service. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harlan. Lou B., you are up next, followed by Rachel P. Go ahead, Lou. Good morning, Rick. Thanks for hearing me. Um, Oh, gosh. I've spent a lot of dollars on examinations. (laughs) And um, not, not probably, well, anyway. And not always been honest. Sometimes been honest, but then done nothing after I walked out the door. But that's neither here nor there. So me and honesty in the program, it looks like this. First, I found people that I could be honest with in the rooms and um, was graced with the ability to do that. And I began to be very honest with my sponsor and some fellows. And what that enabled me to do is then, then begin to be honest with myself and be honest with my higher power. And... Um, then the miraculous thing that happened was that I was able to be honest with people outside the rooms and um, live a life of integrity. You know, I quit lying to my boss about <laughs> when I would have things done, for instance. I quit lying to my friends about that I would meet them for for dinner. I mean, simple things because I was a chronic I was a chronic liar in that regard just because – and in the image – everybody's talking about image management, but that's what it was. You know, I just – I would – I would lie um, hoping I would be able to, to follow through and then, and then not be able to because my disease would, you know, get in the way. So it started with my sponsor and then my fellows and then my higher power myself and, and now other people. And um, a true miracle happened in my life yesterday. I made an amends to my mother and wow. And it, it was tough. I was really, really afraid, but the freedom that I felt after I made that simple amends to her is indescribable. And, um, and that's honesty too, because that relationship, like many family relationships in my life has been plagued by dishonesty. And, um, yeah. So anyway, you know, and I'll I'll say one more thing before I close. And, you know, the reason that I was able to be honest with my sponsor and my fellows in the beginning was that they shared my disease and that I, you know, they, they really understood me like the doctors never did and and still don't in many cases. But, you know, that's the beauty of this program when we can when we can talk to people who truly understand our story and our what we're doing, you know, and, and what we're not doing. Um and I'm so grateful for for this, and I appreciate Harlan's history lesson on and and his you know his um heartfelt appreciation for the for the big book and this message because I know it saved my life, and I'm just grateful that my grandchildren and my great great grandchildren and my great great grandchildren will be able to take advantage of it if they if they choose to do so so um anyway, that's all I've got. And I'll pass. Thanks, Lou. Before you go, could you give us your state, please? Oh, sure. Texas. Thank you. 
Rachel P., you're up next, followed by Becca B. Go ahead, Rachel. Good morning. This is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Pennsylvania. Um, <clears throat> recovery doesn't work if I'm not honest. And, you know, as I read this paragraph, I'm thinking back to the experiences I had with therapists, counselors um, in my life when I was in the disease and how I was not, could not be honest with them. You know, I, I hid, I, I lied. And even if I didn't lie necessarily, I wasn't, I wasn't fully honest. Um, I, I omitted the truth and, you know, people in, in the, um, psychology profession, um, they want to help, right? I'm now one of them. I'm, I have, you know, thanks to, to my recovery, like I've, I've found a new career and I am a counselor. But I know that, you know, all those years that I couldn't get honest with, with, those, with the people who tried to help me, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't serving myself in that. They wanted to help. But at the same time, like I look back now and I realize, you know, they didn't understand this disease. They didn't understand compulsive eating. They didn't understand addiction. And so I think psychology has its place, but it only works if we're honest. And even then, you know, somebody, somebody I'm sitting across from may not necessarily understand. You know, I'm, I'm noticing how it says here, unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men, right? It doesn't say empathetic, it says sympathetic, right? The difference between sympathy and empathy is, is sympathy is, um, you know, I'm sorry you're going through this. Uh, maybe but the person who's saying sorry maybe hasn't been through it themselves. Empathy is I feel what you're feeling in this moment because I've experienced this or I've experienced something similar to this. And so many counselors that I went to see when I was in the throes of my disease, they were sympathetic. They couldn't be empathetic, not because of the faults of theirs, but because they simply did not understand compulsive overeating. So even when I did muster up the courage to to mention that I had a problem with food, they didn't know how to help me. And then um, just over five years ago, I went to see a counselor um, and I got honest with her about my binge eating and she is recovered in OA herself and she was able to help me. You know, she, she worked with me. She um, told me to go to OA and it, my recovery took off from there because I was finally able to get honest with somebody and I found somebody who actually was able to empathize and understand. Um, and I'm so, so grateful for that person's presence in my life. And, you know, I just know that like this process does not work unless I'm completely honest and I'm not hiding anymore. So just a reminder. That. Perfect timing. Thank you so much, Rachel. And Becca B., you're up next, followed by Judith S.P. Go ahead, Becca. Good morning. This is Becca B. from Mississippi. And it um, really surprised me to read that people lie to doctors. Hey, yeah. Becca, just real quickly, um, you're, you're just, your volume's a little bit low. If you could, uh, you could uh, work on increasing that just a little bit. All right. Is that better? Oh, my gosh, that is so much better. Okay. No, it really surprised me to see that um, people would lie to doctors, but um, I mentioned it to my sister-in-law, who's a nurse practitioner. She said, 
oh yeah, they lie to you all the time. And I'm like, uh. And then when when I came in the program and got a sponsor, I figured I wouldn't lie to my sponsor because I lie to myself. But I figured I wouldn't lie to my sponsor. But sure enough, as it came along, I would lie to her too because it was like, well, why is that the truth? You know, I was turning my food in and I would just leave stuff off because why did I eat that? What was going on? And um, when I figured out the disease lies to me and I just repeat those lies, the disease lies are it's just a little and it doesn't matter and it won't hurt. And the truth is it's not just a little Go back and have another little serving and another little serving. And it does matter, and I do care. And um, this is the first Easter that I've ever had COVID on Easter, but I'm going to get through it. I have a nice house that I can stay inside, and um, I have ways to get what I need without going out and endangering anybody else. So I'm thankful to be here with that. Thank you, Becca. Judith S.P., you're up next, followed by Sheer S. Go ahead, Judith. Hi, Rick. Thank you for your service and everyone for being here. My name is Judith S.P. from Maryland. Grateful to be here. Um, I looked up the definition, even though I've been around the word honest, probably as long as I've uh, comprehended words. Honest is um, truthful. But there's a lot of other definitions. The one I really like is direct and uncomplicated. And if um, anything could describe me in my disease, it was totally indirect and uh, very complicated. I, I have to watch my complicated mind all the time. But um, being someone, as others have mentioned, who have been in different forms of therapy, including inpatient for over a year and a half, which does cha-ching, cha-ching, and myself then being um, guided to become a therapist, um, honesty is something that I was not able to have because I didn't know what it was or how to do it. Just like many things in life, my feelings, my ability to communicate respectfully with other people, these are all things that somehow I was on an island by myself. And coming into these rooms, knowing that I was so distressed and so unable to live a life worth living, i.e. wanting to kill myself spiritually and physically, something had to change. And this for me is a process that every day I have to thank God for giving me air, abstinence, and an active strong body in awe of what is before me in this day. And honesty is number one. Honesty is the principle related to step one. If I'm going to futz around and try to cover up and have you think or see me in a particular way, 
I might as well stay in bed with my boxes and bags with the covers over my head. So I thank God today and all of you that I can attempt and work at being honest, open, and direct and willing to do God's will and serve others in this day I have before me. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Judith. Shira, you're up next, and we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Shira. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you for your service, Rick, and thank you for hearing me. I um, I rarely jump into the scrum, but so few people were, were going, and then, of course, when I decided to jump in, everyone else jumped in as well. So um, in any case, I am grateful to be here, and I have been in a lot of therapy in my life, and none of it has ever helped me. As a matter of fact, I can very uh, viscerally recall going to a therapist in Boston and her office was near this amazing bakery and my treat for going to therapy was to go to that bakery and get something delicious on my way home. Um, I wasn't there for my eating disorder, but my eating disorder was a big part of the panic disorder that I was suffering, um, which was why I was seeing her. And for some reason, that therapy wasn't very helpful. And looking back, I wonder how much of it was because I was numbing myself with food and also I was in denial about so much. The thing that helped me much more than therapy in my life was working the steps When I first came into OA 23 years ago, I walked into a very small meeting. There were three other people there, and they were reading step four. And I think a lot of people would have run screaming from the room. But when I heard step four, I thought, yay, I can finally let go of all the crap I've been carrying around for all these years. I can let go of my guilt and my shame and, um, you know, move forward. I felt so mired in my past and it has taken me years to really work a good step for and it took coming into vision and learning about the big book and working the steps through the big book um, that really allowed me to let go of things for the first time to finally, I think I was mired in the past because I was always blaming others for everything that had happened to me and when I finally was able to take the responsibility for my part in things, I was finally able to grow up and move forward and really face my disease and the consequences of it and be finally able to let go of it and form new habits as Larry so aptly discussed in the special edition this week. So um, yeah, I'm just really grateful for vision, for OA for the big book, it has done so much more for me than therapy ever has. And I have definitely been rocketed into the fourth. Sure, I just lost you. And uh, so come back. And when you do come back, um, let me know what state you're from, please, so we can look you up on the member contact sheet. Can you hear me now? I can. Okay. Thank you. I'm from New York. And I. So I just wanted to say how grateful I am for everything. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Cher. All right. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter into action. 
on page 73, the third paragraph beginning with psychologists are inclined to agree with us and reading through that one paragraph only. And then we value everyone's experience. We ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Myra B.W. Okay, hold on. I think I heard Myra B.W. Did I hear Vasa? Did you hear Anita? Sorry, I was muting and unmuting. Yes, you did call. I did call Vasa O. Oh, okay. Um, Thank you. And so I've got Vasa O, and was there Anita? Yes, Anita J. All right, Anita, got you. All righty. So I've got Anita J. Anne Marie K. Vasa O, and who else? Anne Marie K. Carmen H.W. Okay, I've got Anne Marie. I didn't get the uh, what's the initial of your last name, and then somebody K. else right after. Anne Marie K. Anne Marie Carmen. K. Carmen. Carmen. What's the initial of your H-W. last name? Carmen. Chicago. H W. Mm-hmm. Okay, and who else? Anybody else want to jump on this uh, group? Okay, here's who I've got. Anita J, Myra B.W., Vasa O, Anne-Marie K, Carmen H.W. All right, and uh, when you introduce yourself, please include your state. Anita J, you're up first, followed by Myra B.W. Go ahead, Anita. And if I've got anything wrong, just correct me when you introduce yourself. Okay, Uh, this is Anita J. Thank you, Rick, for your service. I'm in uh, the state of uh, Massachusetts. Honesty. Um, We've said wonderful words, honesty and image control. Uh, When I first went, came into um, my first face-to-face meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which was 45 years ago, probably next month, 45 years, we used to raise our hand and walk to the front of the room and then give our little talk and then sit down again. And I must have been so hungry for attention. I used to bop up and down all the time. I just craved it. But the thing was, the second time I got up, I said, hi, my name is Anita and I'm a compulsive overeater and I verbally abuse my son. And people just looked at me and smiled as if I had just said, uh, you know, uh, I'm going on a vacation tomorrow. And I felt, I felt like, I mean, that I wasn't the scum I thought I was. That so needed to come out. And the thing was, the honesty that I understood was needed in this program. People don't talk tuna fish, price of tuna fish. They talk real. And if you want to get real, you're going to get well. And um, I thank you for vision because this is where I heard more, more reality. And the more I hear, the, the more I feel I'm all right. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you so much, Anita. Myra BW, you're up next, followed by Vasa. Oh, go ahead, Myra. Hey, everybody. Good morning, Myra. I'm over eater food addict. And I had to jump on here to tell on my disease and to tell on myself, you know, and just to say that, you know, we talk about honesty. You know, I just blatantly will tell you that I have no idea how to be honest, how to get honest. You know, I'm all about wanting to look a certain way, wanting to look like I'm working a great program when I know damn well I'm really not. I've had some awesome, wonderful, beautiful sponsors who have, you know, helped me in many ways, and I've done. I've had a lot of growth, you know. But however, you know, I tend to take my will back and think that, oh, I got it, you know. And the disease, you know, I know that this disease is out to kill me, even though I know that to be true. You know, I cannot get my ass to really you know, really, really be honest and tell on myself, you know. And I was driving to work today, and my disease was like, don't say anything. You know, it's all about ego. It's all about what are people going to think. And it's like, why do you care? This is a life and death situation. Why do you care so much about wanting to look like you're working a great program to your sponsors? Like, they don't give a shit. You know, like, this is all, they, they don't, they're there to help you. You know, when you're not honest, when I'm not honest about my disease and what I'm doing, you know, I'm killing myself, you know, and so writing here today at work, I just was thinking to myself, what are you doing, dude? Like, you know, stop hiding, you know, stop trying to look a certain way. Um, and I just really need to just get on here and say that just to hear myself tell myself and tell this disease that, you know, I don't want to go back into the food. I'm, I'm thank God I'm not face down in the food yet. But if I keep going down this path, I know it'll be a matter of time and I will be. So I just needed to share that today just to hear myself and maybe to help somebody else. But honesty, you know, I don't even know if I'm just honest. I just think I'm just a flat-out liar, to be honest with you, you know. I mean, I just have a hard time, you know, getting honest and getting truthful about the things that I do. And it's just stupid shit, you know. I mean, it's like a sponsor could ask me, did you read this? And I'm like, yeah, I read it. And I'm like, I know damn well I didn't read it. You know, like, why are you lying about that? <laughs> you know, it's just insanity. So I just needed to tell on my disease. I thank you all for being here, and I, I'm grateful for these meetings, you know, because, again, you know, you guys share some things and you get honest, and it just forces me to get honest. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Myra. Before you go, I, I didn't quite catch where you were from. Sure. I'm Myra, and I am from Michigan. Okay, thank you so much. I know you said yeah. it, I just didn't quite get it. Uh, Vasa, no oh, you're up next, followed by Emery Kay. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Rick, for your service. I'm Vasa. Grateful, recovered compulsive over here. Come from poor Charlotte, Florida. Snowbirds, we're snowbirds. But, anyways, I love the reading today and uh, on honesty. And I remember saying, well, I'm not really. I'm just a small little white lie here and there. Well, you know, I've heard in the program it turns from little to bigger and bigger to bigger to full-blown dishonest person. So, you know, I'm grateful that I found recovery. And I love the vision for you. And I, I mean, yes, I was given the big book, and I started with the big book when I came in recovery. But we were not having meetings like I do now. Every day, and we cover a paragraph at a time. I'm so grateful for that because my mind doesn't, I can't read a whole page 
or two pages and start sharing. I get confused and I get, yeah, but anyways. My, uh, before coming to program, I never, ever thought about going to counseling or psychologist because I heard only crazy people went there. So I, did, I didn't know much about myself. I've learned it all here, the character defects in, in the fourth step. And that's when my, I started being really, really honest when I took, took the, the, there's a test to take if I'm a compulsive overeater. And I checked every one of them. Yes, 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 I am one of you. Yes, it's okay to admit, and I'm not alone, but there's also a solution for it. And I was so grateful to find that out. And I cannot use my disease as an excuse to be lying, you know, uh, or to be into the food addiction. And I know one girl in the meetings came, well, it's not my fault. I have a disease. So I was born with it, you know. And again, you know, people can interpret any way they want to, but I wanted to recover. And I did go, you know, once I was doing my fourth step, I did it with a counselor, you know, a, a licensed counselor. And I was, re- I was ready. My sponsor said, I can help you up to my level, but you need to go and get outside help. And I did. I did it with a counselor, and he was a clergyman. And, I'm, you know, he never wore the uniform. I, if he did, I would have felt very intimidated. He wore just plain clothes, looked like a, no, you know, like me, you know, like any other man with boots and pants, you know. And he won my trust, you know, little by little. I, I started trusting him. And I did the fourth and the fifth step with him. And what a miracle, you know. And uh, he shared some of his insecurities himself. And then, of course, being in the program, I also heard it in the program, you know, with my other, with a sponsor and people like us, you know, being on the meeting, you know, how to, you know, how to be honest. It's easier to be honest than to cover up my lies. So I'm so grateful to be here with all of you. And I'm, I keep, you know, I, this is my favorite, favorite meeting. When they're, at the beginning, we shared a lot. We were only a few people later. now. Thank you. Now we are lots of people. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Fossa. Anne-Marie K., you're up next, followed by Carmen H.W. Go ahead, Anne-Marie. Good morning, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie K. I'm recovered, but definitely not cured here in Pennsylvania. And, boy, it's because of dishonesty that I wasn't cured. And I remember, uh, well, I used to, the first time I came to these doors in the 80s, I Let's read that in the big book, which we didn't read the big book, but I remember reading and thinking, well, that's not me. Uh, We're on page 58, you know, it talks about those who are incapable of being completely honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. And I thought, well, yeah, well, that could be true for others, but I'm unique. And then when I heard other people use the word unique, I thought, son of a gun. Uh, I, too, also went to a therapist. And I remember one time he said to me, you know, Anne-Marie, it's your money. You can certainly tell me anything you think I want to hear, but basically, what do you want to get honest with? What's going on? And once again, I just said, you know, what's wrong with these people? Don't they get it? The uh, sad part about it is I didn't get it. I couldn't say what it was. And I also remember a therapist saying to me, tell me what it is. And I said, well, I can't tell you what it is. I don't know because I had no idea how to explain 
what I was feeling. I was never allowed to feel those feelings, and plus then I stuffed them down with food. Today, when I notice a little bit of dishonesty, it's again that ego that is just so wanting to still be perfect. And I'm so appreciative of everyone that spoke this morning because, you know, those are signs, are very dangerous signs for me today. And I know that because I come to meetings and I listen. And when my mind starts telling me that I don't have to be honest about certain things, I was talking with my sponsor yesterday and, you know, I was like, and everything's been fine, but, you know, there's been something I've been working on. And I thought, you know, just be honest. What's going on? You know, quit playing this game. Uh, and, you know, I got to just shout out again. That's one of the things about being a, a sponsor myself that I have to remember. How can I possibly, you know, talk about my experience of strength and hope if I'm still lying to myself? So uh, there are no coincidences in this program, as I know, and I'm so grateful for the big book. I'm so grateful to finally, you know, I'm not to Thank you so much. And everybody, have a great day unless you made other plans. And today I just want to be honest with myself, too. Hope you all will, too. Bye-bye. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Carmen H.W., you're up next, and we'll get a couple more names. Go ahead, Carmen. I'm Carmen H.W. from uh, Chicago, Illinois, and I am a compulsive reader. Um, wow, this this topic is touches me because I'm having a struggle. I'm a compulsive um, embellisher. (laughs) You know, it could be whatever the situation is, I'm going to change it to suit whatever is in my head. Um, And that goes with my my program. In 2015, I met someone who was um, recovered alcoholic, but not in the program, not in a program. And she used to say, um, you don't lie to your lawyer, you don't lie to your priest, and you don't lie to your doctor. And, you know, I lie to all of those people and others as well. And I don't know, you know, I'm listening to the people share and trying to figure out where, where that started. But I don't think it's so as important as where it started as how do I recover from it? How do I just tell the plain truth, direct and honest truth? Um, I have a sponsor. I've been working with a sponsor. I've been in the program over 40 years. I've never consistently worked with a sponsor, but I'm working with a sponsor. And um, she reminds me that, you know, she's just another bozo on the bus and um, a recovered compulsive overeater and willing to share with me and guide me through this program. And I'm grateful today for that. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carmen. Okay, we've got uh, time for uh, a few more names. Who else would like to share? Rini M. Ross M. Got you, Ross. And okay, okay, we'll stop right there. So after Russ, I heard one, and right before I heard one was that Kim after Russ. Hi, P. Irini M. Okay, Irini N. I got you, and um, and then after Russ, I heard a name. Nancy J. Hi, Illinois. 
<clears throat> there was somebody, not Nancy, but I thought I heard somebody else first. Kaya P. Okay. All right. Or Kim. Oh, no, it was Kim. Was it Kim? Uh, what's the, Kim, what was the uh, was it first Kaya P? No, it was Kim it Kim? Kim A, yeah. Kim A. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Now, we're going to stop there, and then if we can get everybody uh, in and if we have room for any more, we will. Otherwise, we'll go to the second hour. Um, and, Darini, um you go ahead, followed by Russ. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Okay, Thank you, Rick, for your service. Thank you. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. We have seldom told the truth. Mm, this is what was killing and suffocating me. Lies and lies. You know, how free did I want to be? And freedom took responsibility and willingness. You know, I had to face the truth so I can be set free from this bondage of self. I had this thirst and hunger to come out of my darkness and to be able to see the light of the Spirit. And without being honest, no doctor, no family, no friend, no God can help me. Not being honest blocked me from that light of the Spirit, from being loving to myself and others because I was unavailable to be helped. I was always running and hiding and always playing that blaming game. You know, uh, and over here, we're continuing to be reminded about being truthful and honest, as it mentions three times here. You know, step one is rigorous honesty. This is the principle, the first step to be applied in every step and every part of our lives. This is where we start building the strong foundation for the rest of the steps. And then step four is to have courage to tell the truth. This is about taking responsibility and being accountable for my wrongdoings, for being resentful, selfish, dishonest, and afraid. And step five now, wow, a new beginning. No more having secrets. No more hiding and running or stuffing my secrets. I'm being taught to be humble here, to be honest. I'm being taught how to build good character. And step five, you know, we, the integrity, it's about integrity and continuing this transparency in confessing everything and matching our outside with our inside. It's putting our hearts into the hands of God. We want whatever we are within ourselves, we want to be out of ourselves. It's opening the doors to whom we are becoming. It's crossing that bridge onto God's path. And this is what's giving us this new way of being, a new attitude, a new personality change. So as we're continuing these steps, we continue to develop a new relationship with God, ourselves, and others. It's this beautiful connection when we're connected, we have everything. It's connecting. It's a connection of love, a connection of truth, and a connection of purity. I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Rini. All right, uh, Russ and Kim, if you don't mind uh, taking a couple minutes each, and I can get you both in. Russ, you're up, brother. 
Thanks, Rick. Russ Summary, Cover Compulsive Overeater, uh, outside of Philly. So when I heard this, I had all these emotions, all these different things popped in my head. You know, I made some good tries with the doctors, try to be honest, and then there was times I was just straight up scam artist uh, lying. And at one point, you know, I just conceded that I'm going to die with this thing on my back. And I had done a lot of therapy. And now stepping back, I looked at, I was doing, you know, I, I was trying to find a solution that didn't work, you know, through therapy for, for me. And until I, uh, until I crashed and burned and picked up this, this big book and started this way of life. Now, if I need therapy, I can go for what I need it for. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, I was, it's a shot in the dark and you know, I'm just throwing it up against a wall, hoping something stick. I was so, so, so desperate with this darn disease. So I, I, you know, I was dishonest. There's times I tried to made the college try. And there's times I just, when I conceded that and, and, uh, just worked it, worked this the way it needed to be worked. I got free. And <laughs> guess what? I still want to be dishonest in many ways, but, I can't go back right now. I pray to God that I can just stay honest and live this the way, live it the way it needs to be. So, all right. Thank you very much. Love you. All right. Thank you so much, Russ. Love you too. Kim A., you will take us out. We've got two minutes, sister. Thanks. This is Kim A. from New York City. And, you know, it's ironic because rigorous honesty is one of the cornerstones of you know, this program of succeeding, but yet where, or I'm not able to be honest when I first get here, right? Because everything in my head is a delusion. That's why I'm living in resentment. That's why I'm living in fear. That's why I'm going to food because my mind lies to me, whether it's about taking that first bite or it's about, you know, the world sucking and I'm a victim. And so although we, start to see the truth in step five, right? When our sponsors help us see things in a different way that we've written down in step four and we start to see the truth. Four years I'm recovered and I still need my sponsors sometimes to tell me the truth. And in the daily step tens that I send, well, throughout the day, if I need to, one of the most helpful things my sponsor has me do is write the lie and write the truth. So if I'm feeling resentful, I know that that's all about my selfishness, but it's really helpful for me to look at, well, what is the lie? I'm resentful because, you know, this person is an asshole. That's the lie, and they mistreated me. The truth is that, you know, it was about my expectations, whatever it is. I mean, that's just an example. But when I write out my step tens like that, it really helps me see the flaws in my own thinking. And again, those are the things that we go to food over. We don't go to food because of what we're eating or not eating or because we're not weighing and measuring. We go to food because of our thinking and our attitudes. And the longer we're recovered and the more we ask our higher power and our sponsors for help and direction, the better we can see the truth so that we don't need to go to food. Uh, And with that, I will pass Kim A., New York City. Thank you. Perfect timing, Kim. Thank you so much, everybody, for a wonderful meeting.
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, April 10th, 2023, is 20,140. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. It would be a delight. My name is Lulu L. from Florida. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, and I pass.